the Gritty Growing Up podcast. Because mental health conversations don't have to be uncomfortable and argumentative. Gritty Growing Up is about challenging the perceptions of childhood and recognising that whilst it isn't what it used to be, we can still make it positive. Join us as we share conversations, knowledge and strategies to help your family connect and move forward together. And welcome back to Gritty Growing Up. Now on this week's episode, I want to explore the concept of emotionally based school avoidance. Now in the 10 years that I've worked as a therapist, emotionally based school avoidance is an issue that I've just seen increase and increase. And since COVID, it's just been something that so many young people have really struggled with. The real challenge that we come across is that so many schools, so many professionals really don't truly understand what emotionally based school avoidance is. And this leaves so many children and young people in a situation where they're just really not given the support that they really need to allow them to make a smooth transition back into school. So often what I do see is children who are offered plans which just aren't appropriate, that request them to do too much and don't actually manage the symptoms that they're struggling with. This leaves so many children and young people actually feeling like complete failures, feeling like they can't access school or feeling that actually nobody's listening to them. And this just creates so many problems in terms of trust, in terms of building confidence, and in terms of increasing our self-esteem to be able to manage and actually explore and navigate these problems. Now, the biggest challenge with emotionally-based school avoidance is that it is so frequently seen as being truancy. Now, truancy and emotionally-based school avoidance are two completely different concepts. Emotionally-based school avoidance is actually an anxiety-based disorder. It's sometimes referred to as anxiety-based school refusal. And it's really important for us to understand as adults, it's not a dislike for school or learning. So often it's just seen as they just don't like it. Emotionally-based school avoidance is actually really distressing. It's really challenging. And it causes so much stress for that young person. Most of the time, that young person actually wants to learn. But they just are having these internal obstacles. It's like having a glass wall that's inside their mind that just prevents them from walking into that school site. Now, the reason that it's so often seen as truancy is because the child's not attending school. But truancy is actually when a child isn't attending school and the parent doesn't know. What I frequently find with emotionally based school avoidance is that parents are screaming for help. And so often they are blamed for the avoidance. They're blamed for their child not coming into school, they're blamed for not having better systems, they're blamed for not having good enough routines, because nobody's actually understanding, nobody's asking the right questions. Now avoidance occurs when our symptoms of anxiety are actually preventing the attendance. And sometimes this is a standalone issue. So often it's though found in conjunction with anxiety disorders, with psychiatric disorders, with learning needs, health needs, attachment difficulties or other requirements that those children have. Now sometimes these are known needs and sometimes they're needs that actually haven't been identified yet. And that culmination of trying to navigate through these big situations that children are having, plus these needs that are often not being met appropriately, just really causes so many difficulties for them. Now, something that I see more and more frequently is the number of children who do have or are going through a diagnosis of things like autism. And as they're going through that, because their needs have continually not been met by the school, actually that child completely burns out and they just can't navigate it anymore. 
So actually the avoidance becomes so extreme because the anxiety is so high. Now, every single child will have their own unique reasons for avoiding school. And it's really important for us as adults to recognise that we cannot treat two emotionally based school avoiding children in the same way. Whilst we might use similar resources, might use similar concepts, actually we need to really come at this from the point where that child is. Now for some children it might be because they're being bullied or they're witnessing another child being bullied. For others they might be finding school or learning really challenging. They might find that actually the pressure to meet really high expectations either from teachers or parents themselves or all of those things is just too much. They might find that actually the work is just too difficult. They might not have positive relationships with their teachers or they might be, have been criticised or shamed by adults or their peer group. For others, they might not have good friendships. They might not have a good social circle. Since COVID, I have met so many young people actually commenting they don't have a best friend, they don't have a social circle because of so many strategies that were put in place to manage COVID have actually had a directly negative impact on their social environments. We know that children who have been through COVID for a great number of them are up to 18 months behind emotionally and that has such a huge impact on their ability to form and maintain those social networks. For some children they have got an additional need that just has not been picked up and obviously for those of you that work in education I'm sure you would have seen the rise in the number of children that are now actually being identified as having autism, ADHD, dyslexia, dyscalculia that perhaps pre-COVID it just simmered under the surface. So the challenge we have is that when children are experiencing emotionally based school avoidance, what we do as an adult is so important. How we respond to it, react to it and manage it is vital. Often what happens for a lot of young people is the emotionally based school avoidance is so extreme by the time support is put in place that actually the concept of even understanding how they could get back to school is too difficult. Now, part of this and part of our support actually goes back to all of us working with children and for parents to really understand what anxiety and stress are. Now, anxiety is actually a response to stress. So when a child has too much stress in their bodies, it starts to create anxiety symptoms. Now, anxiety is the physical symptoms that they will experience, their heart racing, their tummy churning, having headaches, perhaps going hot and cold. Whereas stress is which is what is actually creating those negative thoughts and feelings about school. So quite frequently we can see one managed but not the other. And often that stress has been there for a lot longer. That stress might have been simmering for months if not years before this came to the surface. So us taking the time to really understand that is vital. The other aspect that we really need to establish which is why emotionally based school avoidance is so unique to children and to each individual child is that they will all have their own unique push and pull factors. They will own, all have their own protective factors, their own risk factors, which prevent them or push them to stay at home and away from school. So actually taking the time to really get to know children, to really build up those relationships of trust is vital. Because then we can start to identify what their triggers are. We can start to put in place appropriate planning. We can start to think about what we're doing. But the biggest part of this and the biggest thing I would like you to take away from today's podcast is that we really need to consider our approach to the back to school plan. What I am consistently seeing, especially since COVID, is some really unrealistic expectations to how children can get back to school. And this often goes from them attending 
if we're lucky, maybe a day, half a day a week, to just expecting them to come back full time or expecting them to be back full time within a matter of weeks. And if I can give no other take home today, it's that this plan needs to go at a child's pace. If the child can't cope with any more or is expressing to you that they're feeling more stressed, more anxious, they're struggling, it's actually our responsibility to pause it and actually not to go backwards, but to say, do you know, we're going to stay here. So when we're making a return to school plan, it needs to be a phased return, but not a phased adult return, a phased child return. We're looking at building a staircase and taking it step by step, really considering how we're going about this and working with that child to find out actually how they want to go about it. Children's brains are made of patterns. And if we actually use those patterns to help them, we can make emotionally based school avoidance returns so much smoother by actually building on the building blocks. And so actually we're thinking, what is our first step? And I am saying a step, not a jump, not a long jump, not a hurdle. We're not going from nothing to half a day. We're actually thinking about what those steps are. How can we begin? And actually, how are we recognising those achievements? How are we recording or recording them and how are we measuring them? And really thinking to ourselves about how we're involving children and their parents at every single step of this. So frequently, plans for children are made by adults and just given to children. They're not part of that planning process. And this just means that we actually cut them out of the circle and we actually continually prove to them that they can't trust us. If we can take the time to really learn about what that child needs, where they are, what they need removed, to make reasonable adjustments for them, and not just for half a term, we might be looking at this might take us a term, it might take us two terms. If we can get it right, we will prove to that child that they can trust us, that we are able to support them effectively and we can actually ensure that these situations don't return in the future. Now, that is a holistic approach. That comes from the parents, that comes from the teachers, that comes from the school senior leadership team, that comes from our pastoral support, it comes from any social workers that are involved, any early help teams, everybody needs to be involved in that process and doing the same thing. And a huge part of this is actually we need to be getting into our schools and really training teachers about emotionally based school avoidance. And this isn't about teacher bashing, it's not about criticism. I was a teacher, I spent more than 10 years teaching and I still teach even now. But the biggest challenge that we can often have is that people frequently use humour to manage school returns. And for a child who has got high levels of anxiety, that humour is not necessarily interpreted as humour. So very often when teachers make comments like, oh, you decided to join us today. Oh, it's lovely to finally see you. Oh, it's good that you decided that you could finally get to class. Did you do your homework? Oh, guys, we've got a test today. And doesn't consider the impact of those words because they do, from their perspective, think that they're joking or just think that they're lightening the mood. We can actually set a child back days, weeks, months or even permanently. So we want to be considering how are we going about supporting children, how are we going about helping them understand, and how are we actually putting in place the right strategies to help them move forwards. And if we're able to do all of those things, and we can really support children to have a successful transition back to school. So some key take-homes from today's podcast. Let's first of all make sure that we're treating all children as completely unique human beings, that we're meeting them exactly where they are and how they present to us 
and that we are also considering what their return to school plan looks like, how it's executed and what their role is in supporting that. And equally, what steps are we taking as adults to review our CPD plans, to consider the training that we're providing in schools and to social services and to early help teams and other professionals and charities who might be working with our child and family so that they've all got a really in-depth knowledge of what emotionally-based school avoidance is so that they can really effectively support children and families so that we can actually show children that we get them, that we're validating them and that we're able to start taking those steps to help them have those positive new steps. As always, it's been fantastic to be back with you talking about such an important subject. So until next time, stay talking, keep safe, keep connecting, and we'll be back soon with more Gritty Growing Up. Stay safe, keep open-minded, and we'll look forward to sharing more gritty moments with you next time. If you want to up your knowledge in the meantime, head over to dandeliontraininganddevelopment.com.